All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amtrak, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. You might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 274 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Proceeds from all in-store curbside pickup orders go towards local charities. So not only is Oodle Noodle good for your hunger, it is good for the community around you as well. I'm Tyler Yurumchuk. Chalmers J. Bagged Milk is here as well. And uh, we got an Oilers win we can jump into right off the bat, actually. I forgot to start my uh, stopwatch, so I'll do that now. Uh, but Chalmers, you you, uh, you said something while we were doing like our pre-show chatter that I found interesting. You said, we're going to be very lucky to get a seven game series between those two teams, Oilers and Jets, that is. Yeah, I just think after watching that game and how it was back and forth and just high tempo, it just felt a little different. Uh, I have to be quite honest, we went golfing and we recorded the game. So we watched it at a quite quite a high pace. Um, and I don't know if that added to it or anything, but I they would go much faster at one and a half time speed. Yeah, yeah, they go, yeah. they but but just how it was so back and forth. Every time I looked up, um, from my drink, uh, there, it was an odd man rush going the other way. And it looked like it was exciting, exciting hockey. And uh, so what I was saying was, you know, I know that some people on this podcast are scared to see an Edmonton Winnipeg series, um, oh. after that game. Well, I thought JR didn't want to see it. Well, um, I just, I'm, I'm not, not the concerned biggest about Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm worried. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's well, did that sad. game, did that game but, change anything for you? Because like, yes. to, just to, just to see such a high impact game like that and to know that like seven straight games of that would be, would be awesome in my opinion. Um, and then to come out with the big, with a win like that and basically look like we dominated start to finish. Does that not change your thoughts, your views on that? We've matched up well against them. It's been, it's been very good to see. Um, so yeah, no, it, it definitely, it definitely gives you more confidence for sure. But you know, playoffs is a different beast. So people are going to elevate and look a little bit different in the playoffs than they do in the regular season, but definitely, yeah, you can't, you can't not take that as a positive. I, I uh, so I wrote the GDB on uh, Saturday and it was funny to read it the next day after the game was over because I was, I was really nervous about that game. I thought that the week off was obviously great. They were rested and this time they were at home and on the road, but I was scared that they were going to either 
have a slow start a little bit while they try to get their legs under them or just not look very crisp. And that wasn't the case at all. It's like, it's like a nap did the boys some good. Uh, we talked about how like being, you know, off for the week, but at home and not like stuck in a hotel in Montreal, like last time would probably help them. And they got through the first period by surviving. Like it was zero, zero after 20, but they're now, I think five and two against the Winnipeg jets and something else you talked about before the pod here, they kind of have Connor Hellebuck's number as well. And I don't think that's something that will necessarily just like, Oh, it's playoff Hellebuck and he's lights out again. Like, if you have a hard time stopping McDavid or Drysaddle now, you're probably going to have a hard time stopping them in game one, game two, game three, game four of the playoffs. Well, it's funny that you said that, right? Because in the first period, obviously scoreless. And then Hellebuck was the only reason that was the case, though. The Oilers were by far and away the better team, but Hellebuck kept them close, kept them close, kept them close. And I was just like, fuck, this better not be one of those nights where the goaltender keeps a game closer than it should be. And then it ends up, flipping or not. I had all these concerns that just disappeared very, very quickly because in the back half of the game, Hellebuck, Hellebuck just was not what you would expect from him. But that's been all year against the Oilers. It's the mental warfare of knowing Connor McDavid is on the opposing team that's in his head. He's in his head. Absolutely, I, 100%. I think that could be a part of it. Like, I just think the Jets are having a, for whatever reason, a tough time slowing those two guys down, even though, like, not that the Leafs haven't, you know, I've stopped Connor McDavid by any means, but you know, he's a tick over a point a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is getting completely shut down by the Habs, but this third playoff team, the Jets, they cannot stop McDavid and Drysaddle. It's great to see also that pool Pugliarvi goal. Hello. Well, he's that cycle, that cycle that those three ran down low, you, they, the Jets couldn't do anything about it. They were just turning the puck over and over and over and all three of them were involved. And then Connor's no look pass right to Jesse's stick in the slot. It was perfect. Not to mention the goal itself was beautiful, but I will never ever get tired of a Pooley goal celebration. He looks like he just discovered fire every time he scores. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so good to see like, well, the other thing you got to give, you got to give props to, to, to Jesse because Look like he was just moving around like crazy. Like he, you know, he created his space, found his spot and McDavid being, you know, the guy with 38 eyes on his head could see him and make that like essentially no look, you know, one in a thousand to a normal hockey player pass out front to just a wide open Pooley RV. And he buried. I also want to highlight the fact that anytime I see Pooley RV in public, he scores that night. Yeah, I saw. You just that. go park yourself outside his house. Do we know where and, he lives? Yeah, I, I actually do now know know where he lives, and that's where I saw him. He was on his stoop playing with Yafa. I'm like, man, he looks happy. I didn't bet on the goal. I was scared. I bet on the point because it was plus one thirty five, but I hammered the point. So you were just like walking through insert neighborhood here, and you looked, and you're like, Driving. oh, that's Pugliarvi playing with his puppy. Driving, and it's like a busy uh-huh. road. I'm like, I'm like, do all these cars not know that that's Pugliarvi right there playing with Yafa? That's great. Anyway. Yeah, he's so happy. What do you think about the I also want everyone to know. Uh, what? Uh, well, sorry, I got to let everyone else know that Hot Dog, I was not present. It was my girlfriend. Hot Dog met Connor McDavid on Friday. Oh, wow. Met Leonard on Friday. Leonard and Kyle well. on Friday. Connor McDavid knows what Hot Dog looks like. Laughed when he heard it was his name. There is a connection there. So that's why I also is- bet Hot Dog is. Hot dog's putting the work in this season. His network is insane. Like that, that dog is going to make me cool someday. You're going to start getting invited to Oilers parties and then dog parties, dog friendly parties. They all want hot dog. (laughs) Yaffa loves hot dog. Connor David thinks hot dogs, a a funny looking dog and named. So like, this is, this is good. Life's good. We need to get Frank in the mix too. He is also a little character. Well, Hey, 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 let's have a socially distanced dog. Dog park visit. Yes, I think we should bring our dogs. Go for a walk. Don't don't tell, don't say what dog park it is either. Are people going to start flocking there? Oh, yeah. there's some people. There, there's some people that know because I see on Twitter uh, when there's some some viewings there. But I've seen now Cahoon. There's been McDavid sighting. I wasn't there for that one. Actually, I saw him driving, leaving the dog park once, and then there was Pulley My problem with the non-fence dog parks, though, is Frank will not come back. <laughs> 
He'll see oh, a squirrel or something and he is gone. And he's like, he'll show up like a day later with a dead squirrel in his mouth and be like, Hey, where'd everybody go? I brought you a present. So we'll put him, uh, he's got one of those long retractables. Yeah, that's fine. The dude burns though. He burns. It's not enough rope for him, you know? Yeah. He's, he's fast. So in that game on, on Saturday, what did you guys think of like the, the secondary players on the team? Did you feel like they, uh, they had a little bit more of an impact because just the stat sheet says they did. And I think guys like Archibald and like Yamo and I mean, chase on obviously scored, you know, I want to start with, if we're talking about it, I want to start with the Haas Cahoon Yamamoto line, which in the first period was just ripping it up. It was was pretty much unlucky that Yamamoto didn't have a goal. He had two clear breaks in a matter of what, five, six minutes. It's just those, those, that trio played really well. Really Gaetan well. Gaetan Haas, man. Gaetan Haas. Just we give him the opportunity. Yeah. He will see, see it. He will we see just, it. We, we just need that to be more consistent, in my opinion. 100%. Yes. I think. I still I'll, think you can get a better option on that line than Cahoon. No offense to Cahoon. I just, I think if you could get an upgrade there, then great. You know? And you know what? They might have recalled the better option because Ryan McLeod's on his way up to the big team here to start his quarantine. And. Gregor kind of said he thinks McLeod will start as a center. I think if Nuge and McLeod are both healthy, I think you could almost play them on that second line with Yamamoto and McLeod could be a really good left winger or Nuge could be his left winger. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that a trade line uh, acquisition and the half? There's no guarantee he's a top six guy, but it's an interesting experiment to have down the stretch. He's having a yeah. great year at Bakersfield. Great, like great year. Great year. Yeah, I know. Like that, that's exciting. Like it's like, it, it's, it's, it, for me, it's like so foreign given this season for us to call up a guy from Bakersfield. Uh, more importantly, this is just for the nerds on the podcast, specifically Jay and I, uh, when you Google Ryan McLeod, a certain website is first up on the news of his recall. Oh, that is, that's my pornography right there. Yep. Oh, Anytime yeah. that can come up. That's I great. I love it. I well done, it. bag milk. Well done. Uh, but to what I was actually Googling before I saw that excellent news, hell of a year for him down in Bakersfield, 14 goals, 14 assists. So 28 points, 28 games. Why not? And a Why lot not? of the times when you hear like a young skilled player coming up from the minors, or at least my brain always jumps to like, okay, are they strong enough physically? Are they good enough defensively? Like the offense won't be an issue, but can they do those other things? And one, he's six foot three over 200 pounds and he skates like the wind. So he's already got that going for him. Yeah. And I heard like it. Excited. Uh, Ryan Holt was on the lowdown today. He's the play-by-play voice of the Condors. And he said, Jay Woodcroft calls him the, the motor of that Condors top line, which is the best line in the AHL this year. Um, cool. He calls it the motor of the top line. And that McLeod is sort of the defensive conscience on that line as well. So this seems like a guy who's coming up, who might be like a, pretty complete player off the bat. And I don't want to set the bar too high because he's only 21 years old, but I'm a little bit excited about what this move could do for their forward group. On Does the he play side, an edge? Little... I haven't watched enough of them to know that. On I the flip side, I do get nervous sense. that it means uh, Nuge is hurt worse than we think. But then Dave Tippett said today that if Nuge's skate goes well today with the taxi squad, he's going to practice fully tomorrow. So Nuge yeah. could be back on Wednesday. All right. So, when is well, the first time we're going to get to see Gulikov? When's his first insertion into the lineup? Well, the trade I, deadline was on the 12th. So. so there was talk that he was having visa issues, right? But let's just say even if he got to Edmonton on Tuesday the 13th, that means his seven-day quarantine is up tomorrow. But there's right. no way you're playing him against Montreal on Wednesday, right? Because you want him to skate and like get used to the systems and get his legs back. He wouldn't have skated in a week. Right. So I would say right. next Monday against Winnipeg, you'll likely see Kulikov and next Wednesday against Winnipeg. You'll likely see McLeod. Interesting. I think Kulikov could I, like, I've been watching and reading a lot about him. Um, I think that that's actually a sneaky good pickup by Ken Holland. That could make a huge difference. If he can come in and settle, say he plays with bear and he just really settles Ethan Bear is allowed to do a little bit more wandering, yeah, moving the puck. Then I think that would be, you know, for a conditional fourth. I, how can he hate it? And I think also like Kulikov's been playing on a pairing with PK Subban, so he knows what it's like to be with a you know a, a defenseman who can be a little bit frantic at times. And 
you're right. I think Ethan Bear right now, when he's playing with Caleb Jones, you know, is kind of forced to be that defensive conscience on that pairing. But with Kulikov there, maybe he can just sort of breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. It'd be nice. It's nice, it'd be nice to have options. The Oilers have a fuck ton of defensemen. That's all I know. Uh, so many D and Cuckoo's yep. back right away, right? Like we are, we are depth at D uh, all day now. If we can just uh, fix our middle six, um, we'll be, we'll be, you know, poised to at least make some some noise here. Can I talk about how fun it is for me to watch the chaos that surrounds Tyson Berry right now? <laughs> No matter, no matter what he does, good or bad, (laughs) no matter what he does, there is just a segment of fans that are just on it. And it's just, if you, if you observe the scenario as a whole, I find it endlessly entertaining. Well, it's just, so there are some fans who are detractors (laughs) of berries And there are some fans who think he is the second coming of Chris Pronger for this blue line. Like I keep (laughs) hearing the whole, like he's the defenseman we've been waiting a decade for. And it's like, well, okay. Ethan bear actually might be the defenseman we've been waiting a decade for. Cause we that's homegrown talent right there. Um, But then Barry picks up a point and like the detractors don't even say anything, but his like <laughs> hardcore supporters are like jumping down the throat of everyone being like, Oh mm. fuck you. Yeah. You're going to say that point doesn't count. Are you? And it's like, Oh my God, everyone is so mad about Tyson Berry. I thought it, I thought it Saturday was especially funny because personally I wrote it in the wrap up. I thought that he had a tough defensive start to the game. I thought he, uh, he was a little bit of a yard sale in his own end, but then <laughs> in the back half, he scores a goal in the power play. And then he does another one on, he gets an assist on chase odds goal. And all of a sudden the people that are really upset of Barry just had really had to really quiet down. Meanwhile, Josh Park is having the time of his life. Probably the president and CEO of the fan club at this point. He loves, oh, he loves him, so Barry. Barry loves Barry. Well, that, like that's, Barry's not going to be the best defensive defenseman and he's no. got offensive upside and it's shining, but like when did the, it when is did amazing the, how polarizing the Barry subject is. When and why like, did the Barry hate even start? So it basically starts because Evan Bouchard's sitting around doing jack shit, right? He's just twiddling not, his thumbs. Yes. And people for next season are saying you don't bring back Barry because you have a good young right shot offensive D-man in Bouchard and you you use him. You don't overpay for Barry. You go to the young guy who's cheaper. And now there's basically <laughs> people who are like, if they don't re-sign Barry, Ken Holland should be fired. And then there's other people who say, if they re-sign Barry, Ken Holland should be fired. And it's that's where us. the issue's coming from is there's just some people on like either insane extreme of this Barry thing and it started like a little war. It's the best. I love it. I f- it's fucking Oilers fans. If there's one thing that we do best, yes. it is when a new guy or any guy needs a new contract, man, we will tear him down oh, yeah. at every corner or, and I'm guilty of it too. Support that person, no matter what it's the best. That's what's happening with news right now. It is. Well, but I also said, I'm also willing to say, look, the guy needs to play better. There's, there's no, there's no way around it on Oilers nation radio. Tyler asked the question on Friday, which player needs to pick it up before the playoffs and who will make the biggest impact. And for me, the answer is easy. Nooch. If he gets going and shooting and scoring like he can, that is an immediate difference for this hockey club. But right now he's just not playing at that level, but I still think he should be re-signed. You know, is it going to yeah. be a little bit cheaper? Yeah, I hope so. But I still think he should be re-signed. The, the Barry one is interesting though, because with Nuge, he's been around for a thousand years. This is a very, he did a bet on himself contract in Edmonton. He signed for less money, has been well reported. And now he's ripping it up. And then out comes the talk of secondary assists. Out comes the talk of power play points. It's just, it's the best. It reminds me of when Hemsky signed his last two year deal with the Edmonton for 5 million bucks per year. Just the, the, back and forth both ways until it finally got done was endlessly entertaining. And this is too. Well, the fear they're living under is that they just they think that Ken Holland's going to sign a real seven year deal at 8 million per. And like, everyone doesn't want that to happen. And that's what's feeling like, Oh, well, like his points actually aren't that, you know, 
meaningful and blah, 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 trying to like pull coals uh, <laughs> on that. And then there's the camp that love him, but the, the camp that loves him also want him to sign a team friendly deal. Yeah. So like, which that's the reality. Tyson Berry only works if he signs a team friendly deal uh, because he wants to stay here and try to win. That's how that'll, that, that'll calm down everyone. Cause he also signed the one year ticket. So they feel like they're just, He's just coming here to farm points so he can sign a big ticket elsewhere. And that also pisses off people. So like if he comes, puts up the season that he has, re-signs for a fair deal, then I think everyone will be fine with it. Nope. There will be people that (laughs) signs. If he signs for four years, 4 million a season, there will be people fucking mad on Twitter. You just, cool. I, I could, that's good value. If I was in, if I was in the business of calling people out, I'd list off their fucking handles, bro. Cause I know exactly the type of people oh, yeah. who would get mad about that, that kind of thing. But you, you can absolutely bring him back. It just means you got to change up some other things on your blue line. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think sometimes people get too bent out of shape about things like that. And at the same time, like I'm of the mindset that, you know, like I, I go on these podcasts on the radio, talk about it, dissect it. But the fan, the fan part of me just goes, I'm going to enjoy having Tyson Berry on this blue line for the rest of the season. Cause the whole yeah. point of this deal, like you said, Jay was to sign here for cheap, get a fuckload of points playing with the big guns on the power play and leave in the off season. Cause cleft bombs coming back. Like that was well, the plan. That, well, here. That's a good situation. Yeah. And that's a good situation. Like, I guess we have to also remember like, this is all happening and we're all getting so triggered and upset. And I shouldn't say yeah. we all, but uh, we're winning hockey games. Yeah, like we're winning hockey games. That, that ultimately that is beginning and end of story of what we should really be caring about right now is the- how happy Pooley RV is and the season that we're having uh, in the standings. Yeah. It is the best. It's Oilers fans will 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 be celebrating a Stanley Cup victory, and there will be somebody uh, at the pint that night saying, "Yeah, but they won't win next year." Well, you know, yeah, man, they're it's, lucky it's, that it's, this it's team tough. got eliminated. There's a lot of trauma <laughs> in this fan base, man. The decade of darkness is, was heavy duty shit. Like it's Absolutely heavy duty was. shit. So, you know, it, 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 we have to pull ourselves up and be like, you know what? We're also, this is all driven <laughs> for passion and the fact that we love our team and we're just showing our love in different ways. And that some of it's by shitting on Tyson Berry and some of it's by praising Tyson Berry. I, I, I just, I can't even get involved in this conversation for one reason. And that is because I so spend all my time not getting involved in conversations where we talk about what I consider to be our best defenseman and even arguing why he shouldn't be on our team. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. I don't care. I don't need to delve into what right shot, what fucking side. Evan Bouchard is not playing because Tyson Berry's in the goddamn lineup. Okay. If we want Evan Bouchard so bad, and the whole reason that you don't like Tyson Berry is because Evan Bouchard's not playing right now, then maybe we should start getting pissed off about the bottom three defensemen that he could actually slot in for who aren't maybe playing as well as Tyson Berry. The guy is so you say that he's not, wasn't great in our, in our end. I gotta be honest. Like I don't really see any times when he's not that great in our, in our end. I really, I just, I haven't really noticed it. No, because, but like, and maybe I have rose colored glasses on because I know that on that power play, he's going to get big shots. He's offensive. Why do we, why do we take our best defenseman right now and even try to tear him down at all? Like, let me add a qualifier. Go ahead. I don't expect Tyson Berry to be great in his own end. I expect him to put up points. That's what I expect from Tyson Berry. I just find that when he's playing with Darnell Nurse on the top pairing, sometimes he's a yard sale back there, and that's exactly yep. what I expect from him. Yep. My ideal scenario would be to have Tyson Berry, but maybe just at evens, he'd be playing a little bit lower. Yep. And then, then he goes and does his thing on the power play. Yeah. Feels like yeah. to me, I don't think saying that he's a little bit of a yard sale in his own end is, is me saying I don't want Tyson Berry. I, of course I do. I, I've written on the nation countless times over the years about how the Oilers should try to get Tyson Berry out of Colorado. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, if, if you followed him for a long time, he's doing exactly what we hoped he would. Really. He just isn't great just, at both ends. But you know what it, is great at both ends? Nutsack underwear from Twig and Berries. Nice. The front and the package, back. Yep. Comfy on your rear end. And 
I know Chalmers. We wanted to keep talking Barry, but I need to, I need to give some <laughs> no, love. No, I don't, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I need to give some love to Twiggy Berries every twice a week. I do this ad read and I say free shipping in Canada on orders over a hundred dollars. But if you go to their new website right now, twiggyberries.ca, it looks fresh. You'll see a red banner that floats across your screen. Free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. You only need to spend $75 and they will ship it to you for free anywhere in Canada, whether it's the nutsack underwear, whether it's some of their new arrivals, like their out of office hoodie, all this stuff is good quality support local twiggymarys.ca promo code nation 15 gets you 15% off as well. I also the only berry, the only berry we're not divided on the twig and berry. And I I also want to give twig and berry some love. They hooked me up with a hoodie. That thing is legit awesome. Yeah, it's wicked, eh? It is great. It's a nice. Thomas, I got some here for you. I've been meaning to deliver it to you, but I keep forgetting. Do I have any? Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know. Do you? Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't told. It feels like everyone else on the podcast is getting a freaking hoodie, but me. Yeah, <laughs> I, got it, I got it this weekend. I'll it's let you know fantastic. how it feels. They yeah. like they like Chalmers as an influencer. Okay, that's all I can say. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I'll wear it out. Don't worry, Twig and Barry. I'll be repping your set hard. Oh, it's Chalmers. You're gonna love it. It's a, it's a nice, thick, comfortable, everyday hoodie. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite kind. Everyday hoodie for the everyday man, Twig and Berry. The everyday man. Um, I'm, I'm bringing it home today, Chalmers. Don't be afraid to come bike by one day. All right. I uh, I got out had my first round of the year yesterday, and there is first full 18. I did nine twice last week, but on Sunday I braved the conditions oh. and went out and shot 18. Um, it was pretty chilly, but 18, I think I, you got a hole in one every hole. You played 18. If you're going to yeah. talk golf with the golfers, get your lingo, right? What did I say? You said, I'm going to, I shot 18. I shot 18. Oh, okay. Well, what? You, that's only person in history you, to record an 18. You, I think you it's played Kim 18, which is <laughs> <laughs> except for Kim Jong-un. I heard he did it once. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a drive on that guy. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, um, I played 18. There is nothing I love more than getting iron covers. Ah, no, not iron covers. Do I have iron covers? No, he's got, he's got a ball retriever too in his bag. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I, uh, we're going to teach, we're going to teach people who go to their local munis, how not to look like a tool. Basically. We're going to shoot a golf video. We are. We're, we're going to do, we'll go us three and Josh Park or Bag Milk. If you want, if you golf, we'll do a fivesome, come along. And I don't uh, golf, but I love to golf. All right, perfect. We'll come drink with us. You'll just enjoy me shanking balls off into the woods and fucking scurrying in there and be like, nah, I don't really want to look for it. So I'll pull yeah. out a fresh Scur- one. So you're, you're M-Chuck at plus six. How were the hands? They were chilly, but the nice part was like. You're two was, glove guy? No. Um, oh, yeah. It was plus six. But when the sun would come out, it would actually feel like it was almost like 12 or 13, like when that sun was on you. So the sun would come for 10 minutes, you'd warm up, you'd be cold for 20, sun would come for 10, you warm up. Like it, it honestly wasn't that bad. Um, I had a couple beers because I went with my girlfriend and she'll often drive home because I'm that kind of guy. Awesome. Um, awesome for you. But Brighter. the one thing I forgot that I just dread is when you drink on the golf course and then you stop drinking after and you're Ooh, hung over at like five o'clock. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh God. And you like can't go to bed because it's five o'clock and you do not want to start drinking all over again. So you're just like in this awful haze for the final few hours of your night. I couldn't sleep last night. It was awful, awful. But it the takes golf a lot great. of planning. It takes a lot of planning. So you just, you had your last beer on the course and then you just got in the car, went home. And by this time it had been 45 to an hour and you were kind of in that, in that, I'm not, not worth pouring another one right now. Well, but I'm starting to feel a little shitty. So I came home and I had the Jays game PVR. So I crushed the Jays game, was taking notes because I had to do Blue Jays Nation radio last night with Cam Lewis. Um, So I sobered sobered up to do the podcast, really. And then by the time the podcast was done, I was just like tired and like, oh, man, I don't think I could taste another beer right now. And like it was whatever, like I said, five, six o'clock. I didn't want to go to bed. It was just it was not a great feeling. I'd switch. I'd make myself a nice little Caesar in that in that instance, you know? Keep it going. Caesars. Just Something embrace delicious. it and go to bed. Or just embrace and go to bed at 5.30. Yeah, wake up at 4 in the morning and time? have a real productive Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That's fair. 
But yeah, I, I tried to stay up. I like, you know, played cards and all that with my girlfriend. And then like when I actually went to go to bed at like 10 o'clock, which is still early, I was like, I can't fall asleep because I've like now overcome the hangover and I'm wide awake. It was a huge issue. Anyways, major, <laughs> major, major first world problems. But that was my first I, round of the year recapped. Well, well, Chalmers and I played our first round together on Saturday. It was I beautiful. Shot 18, nice. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Did I say we shot 18? No, I did. No. <laughs> I yeah, shot a 17. Because I, I know how to talk like a golfer. I, I knew I would <laughs> slip up like that. And that, what a beautiful day. And I'll tell you one thing. I am still feeling the fun we had on that golf course. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it, it, it really does take a lot of planning to be able to drink on a golf course properly. If you're going to, especially on a Saturday at, you know, what did we start at? 2.15, I think we ended up starting yep. at. We were a little delayed. Um but at 2.15, you know, you have a beer going into it. And with no beer cart out and around, you really have to get the drinks that you need for two hours. Uh, and if you're having cocktails like myself, then you have to make sure your ice game is strong. Because uh, the worst thing for your golf game is to need a drink, want a drink, and not have one. And oh, yeah. need, and have like 45 minutes until you get it. Because you never get it back. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it takes a lot of that yeah, takes a lot of work, a lot of planning, extra drinks at the turn. Always buy. Here's my, here's my word of advice. Always buy two more than you think you need. What? You, yeah. Okay. Always buy two more than you think. You, hey, listen, I'd rather, I'd rather need one and not, and not, and sorry, have one and not need it than need one and not have it. Oh, my, my motto to live by, especially on the golf course, because I know how badly you can play when you need to drink. I showed it actually on one hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, Chalmers is off to a hot start. Got I was off to the end. I was off to a start for the ages. One under after four. Wow. And uh, yeah, and uh, well, it got marginally worse. Let's put it that way. As the drinks kept going, and then you drink a little faster because you're like, look, I need to get that energy back, get that game back in, and slippery slopes, boys. Slippery slopes. But man, there is no more fun in this world than playing golf with your friends with a little bit of money on the line on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Oh, it's yeah. just, it's it was fucking heaven on earth, man. Yeah, and then it was so we, par- good. yeah. And then we parlayed that into just, we social distance and nobody, we went to a friend's house who had, had, had it has an outdoor TV yeah, and we backyard. watched the game. Yeah, we we, yeah, we watched legit. the game Did everything legit sat around this thing. I mean, the fact is, is we had golf today all day or together, right? Like, yeah. you know, oh. golf's a pretty easy social distance sport, but it was, I want to ask you guys night. a question that uh, Tyler asked this on ON radio and the, the, the answers were split. Yeah. 5 PM start or 8 PM start, which is the ideal. Well, I'm, I'm, bred a Saturday? For, I'm bred for 8 PM starts on a Saturday, man. I like, yeah. you know, we usually dinner and like, if this is just a normal day, usually we're making dinner and we're doing stuff around the house. We're just, you know, kind of having the tail end of our Saturday. while the first game's on. And then when the second game's about to start, we're done dinner. You know, kids are showered in their pajamas. We've poured a cocktail and we're ready for that game. You know what I mean? Um, there was something to be said for the five o'clock game where we were able to fast forward through the commercials and through the, uh, you know, a lot of the intermissions and really get that game done kind of at the same time as we would have anyways. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But I definitely, if, if it's just a normal Saturday and I'm watching it live, I think 8 a.m., 8 p.m. is way better than 5. For Saturday games only. Every other day of the For week. For Saturday games only, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 8 p.m. is good, especially like it, when you can go back uh, and attend a game for that exact same reason. You know, like you can, you, you can have a full day, whatever it is, if it's housework, errands, whatever, be wrapped up by 4 or 5, shower, get ready, head out to a restaurant, you know, especially if you're going to the game, take your time, then go to the game. Like it's a whole, it allows you to have like a whole event and not kind of feel the pressure of time. Um, Cause uh, you know, it can feel rushed, but uh, only on Saturdays, 8 PM. I think Tyler and I both said 5 PM and my favorite thing, week, baby. (laughs) My favorite thing was that the game was over early. And then Tyler and I started texting the ONR group text about all the different activities we were doing with the rest of our time. Whereas our boy Rick from the pint was very unhappy that we were enjoying. I bet he was the early start. I, what? so the game ends at whatever seven 30 and it wasn't exactly nice out. So I went, had a poured myself another drink, 
played a couple different card games with my girlfriend. Keep in mind, I'm basically like my life is the equivalent of like a 70 year old. So yep, I knew eat, that I'd eaten dinner before puck drop. Um, yeah, I had, my, I had a couple more drinks, played a couple games of crib. And then it was like eight 30 and I was like, Oh, looked at my girlfriend. Yeah. I said, probably pretty much time for bed. Hey, yeah. Let's get like, yes. a glass of prune juice and yeah, so uh, I, down the I, yeah. go to bed. I got a, qu- yeah, yeah. I got a question for you. I'm Chuck. It's a yep. crib, a crib related question. Yep. In crib, two man crib. Do you consider that game to be, if you had to lo- allocate a percentage to each equaling up to a hundred, what would you say is the percentage of skill and the percentage of luck in a two-man game of crib? That answer, or is it two players with similar skill level? Because like I'm gonna say they're the exact same player. They're the exact same player, game of crib. What is it skill to luck? If they're the exact same skill level, it should be 50. Be 50. Okay. So yeah. okay, but but no, that's not true because skill two, but if two, they're the same skill level the Chalmers, same ability, then yeah. they're yes. gonna play the same, they're gonna play the no. same. They should know what are the okay. smart moves and aren't. So like yes. there's also luck of the cards, though. There's luck of the card. Listen, mm-hmm. there's there's two different people. You're not getting the same hand every time. So even though you know the game in and out, you know when you get six cards, what's the best what four to keep mm-hmm. yep. and what the potential for a crib flop is. The fact is, is you have to make that decision, number one, and the cards are always going to be different. So the luck of the draw in those cards and the luck of the of of the uh, of the flop is of the cut is like super important to the game. I believe that at that point when there's it's 75 percent luck and 25 percent skill because we can both do the exact right thing. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. sometimes that flop's yeah. going to change the Chalmers. The I think, I think, I think, I think when you're playing one person, skill has more of a factor than it would than if you're playing a four person game. Yeah, because agree. when yeah. you're, when there's more variables like that, there's less control or less traps you can set up and mm-hmm. pegging or anything like that. So I, I, I feel like if, 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 do you think there's more skill in, with, with four people versus two? Uh, I would say I there's, there's more, more luck. I'm, I think there's more luck. I think, okay, so you got two people and let's say I'm constantly getting even cards. I'm constantly getting six, eight, 10 and 10 and a two. And the other person's constantly getting bridge cards, tons of bridge cards, lots of, lots of runs, lots of this. It doesn't matter at that moment that we are the exact same skill level and that we can count out these points as fast and we yeah. can make the right decision every time. There's the always luck of luck the, of the cards is playing. Yeah. So I'm asking you the so, percentage in, 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 you I know, what you, I, I would say, honestly, I would say this, I would say in a game a, a heads up game, mono a mono, I would say probably a 55 to 60% edge on skill. And then the rest is luck. There's gotta be some advantage to skill. Mm-hmm. There always will be, but like, so Chalmers, how often do you play crib in a week? A lot uh, in a week. Yeah. Oh, back back when we got together with friends and shit. Yeah. It would we every single time we got together with them. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so like we would possible. both be more experienced crib players then, because like it even still, right? I know. Yeah. I know all the rules how to play crib. I can mm-hmm. play crib with any of you guys right now, but I haven't. I don't remember the last time I played. So you I know? would say between yourself, if you were to take on Mir Chalmers heads up, I would say it's dead on 50 percent skill, fifty percent luck. He could very well beat us in any given game. But we we would bend things a little bit more in our favor. We would yes, have that I, skill advantage. I believe that there's only one aspect of crib where skill absolutely takes over, and that is in pegging and playing your hands. Because sure. you can always like like more strategic people that set other people up for knowing what and yeah. and, and just guessing what people might have uh, as opposed to yeah, kind of thing like that. That I believe is the real skillful part of the game. Uh, or, knowing for my knowing case what to also, throw out. Yeah, knowing what to throw out. My case also, I'm not good at math. So you can see the fucking smoke coming out of my ears when I'm playing crib because I'm trying to figure it out. And as you're talking about pegging Chalmers, I'll put something down because my brain hasn't computed the math enough and you'll dunk on me every time. That's my problem when I play crib. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that, and that is definitely a very skillful. There's no luck in pegging. Like sure. It could be lucky if I have all but tens. Of course there's luck in there pegging. There is luck to an extent. I mean, there's, there's a little some, bit of There's it. some okay. luck, but there's more, there is more skill, but there is skill. Yes. I, I just know that like I can play somebody who's not very good at crib and you just know it. And mm-hmm. in a full game, the luck 
it doesn't matter. You could throw our skill levels out. And if the luck is just on their side for most hands, I won't win. And you just won't win. And that is kind of like a frustrating thing. That doesn't, that's like saying, you know, like blackjack skill or luck, right? I believe there's a lot of skill in blackjack, but I also believe there could be just as much luck in it. Right. You can get totally fucked over by luck in both of those games. But the idea being that if you have some amount of skill, you should come out ahead. Like in crib, if me and you were to go head to head, but you have a little bit more skill than me, you should beat me in a best of seven series more often than not. And it's sort of the same. I think with blackjack, where like, if you really, really know what you're doing and you're sharp and you're playing, like the odds should be as close to 50, 50 as they probably are statistically. Right. If you always make the right decisions. Have you ever listened to or read anything about when they were trying to decide whether or not uh, daily fantasy was skill or luck? I remember how they, a big story and how they proved that it was, I don't totally remember the story, but it was really quite interesting. Uh, I wish that I could recall it, but this is just, it's reminding me of that time when like really smart analytical and economical, like, like, like economics uh, majors were basically delving into whether or not fantasy was skill and luck. And it was amazing. Like I thought it was crazy. You want to know about some luck? Yeah. I'll tell you about some luck. Last night, Leafs played the Canucks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was expecting a very different game than what played out. (laughs) I was expecting the Leafs to run the show. So this is where luck comes in. Your boy bag milk made a heavy bet on first period Mm. results. The Leafs won the first period. It was plus one fifteen or something like that. When I, when I put the bet down, something like that. And I cashed in on it only to watch the game slowly swing the other way until Bo Horvat eventually ended it in the overtime. That I would say is luck. You nailed because the first period, but did you touch the rest of the game or you just avoided not it? touch anything else? Beautiful. You're beautiful. That man. was the only bet I put. Gonna... That was a monstrous one on first period result. I'll, I'll, this is the, I'll tell you an instance of skill on Saturday. I knew the oily boys were going to win. <laughs> I also knew, I also knew the condors were going to win. Yeah. Win an all Next in level. Oil, all in oily boys parlay paid plus three fifty. Nice, Ooh. nice win. That's knowing a thing. I was going to bring that up when we were talking about the condors and said, you know, I found out on Saturday that Jay has a serious problem because he's betting on the condors to win. Correlate <laughs> with the Oilers, man. That's <laughs> wrong with believing. That. That's believing in the system. Like that's Ye- betting on the Oilers deep. That's how you do it. The uh, sports book I use does a little thing where they, uh, if you bet $25 on college basketball or college sports, I should say, they will just for placing a $25 bet, they will give you a risk-free $25 bet the next week. So it's kind of like a free bet in a way. So I've been going for a while now and just doing $25 on like the three biggest favorites I can get or is how many favorites I need to get it to even money. I'm like five and oh. I like can't lose oh, on it. And nice. then I get the free money on top of it. It's fantastic. Um, the also betting thing, I would quickly want to say this. I've been introduced to uh, picking players not to score parlays and they are a Oof. ton of fun. So like you go what? to... You go to player goals and let's go like Columbus, Florida tonight. Like is Mikhail Grigorenko <laughs> is Mikhail Grigorenko going to score a goal tonight? Not no. a fucking chance. The dude is trash. It's minus 900, but you throw him into the parlay cause he sucks ass. Then you go to Carolina, Tampa Bay. Who's not going to score tonight. I guarantee you Jesper fast isn't scoring in this game. Bang, throw him in the parlay. And you just go through every game and pick like the worst player there. And put you can him parlay, in the parlay goal scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm but you got to go different games, fun. right? So like wings different and stars, games. wings and stars. Um, Vlad, uh, Vlad, Mastikov, Valtteri Filipula. That dude ain't scoring tonight. Bang. Let's throw do him in the one parlay. right now. Let's do one right now. I am tonight. literally reading them off. I got Grigorenko, okay. Jesper Fast, Val Filipula. Um, I love I'm, this. What so does how it many, pay? How many are we trying to get at? Yeah. How many do we have to get at so that it starts to become even money? Uh, you usually need to do four or five, depending on where you value it at, where you, where you pick the players. Um, who do we got here? Nashville. Although this goes against my betting mojo though. Which is what? what? I would rather bet on goals than against goals. I would rather shoot for the over. I would would never do it. I never do it for the Oilers. No, I would never bet on an Oilers player to not score. 
Well, as long um, as we're setting some guidelines here that I can feel mm-hmm. comfortable with. Here we go. Callie Yarncroc. This dude has not scored in like 11 games. Put him in the parlay. Where is he? <laughs> there you go. We're already down. We got four of them in there. We're at minus 149. Got to go one more game. Sends in flames. I'm going to go. Ooh. Stutzel. Stutzel actually has like good odds. Not yeah, sure. I don't. I don't. Yeah, chase the See, juice. But he's a skilled player. I don't like that. I don't want to. I'm betting on guys who are though. not skilled hockey players. So How like, about Josh Levo? He. So the only time I've lost on this out of the four times I've done it is because <laughs> it was him. Josh Levo scored. Oh, so I you like got that. Josh There's no Levo. way he screws me again. I'm doing Josh Levo. Fuck that. Five players: Grigorenko, Fast, Filpula, Yarncroc, and Levo. None of them to score. They're all generally like bottom six players in that shit. It's minus 110. I love it. It's a fun bet. And then you're checking the scores being like, did this guy? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Five minutes ago. There's no way he's going to touch the ice. He ain't. Don't think it. Don't think I'm not taking a Dominic Cahoon at minus 769. I'll tell you what right now. Top six minutes, though. That almost goes against what the the rule I have for the party. Okay. I want to give I want to give Cahoon some respect. That pass he made to Yamo on Saturday. Beautiful. Spring him free. That was beautiful. All right. Um, this was a fun little bit of betting chat. I'm going to quickly give some love to our friends at manscaped.com. Check them out. Make sure you go to the top. If you're listening to this in Canada, obviously change it to the Canadian website and you will see the performance package is right there at the top of the screen. Click on that. You will see what it comes with. There is a ton of value. It is regular $295. It is getting knocked down to 160 right now. If you use the promo code real life, it's another 20%. It's free shipping as well. You're going to get the lawnmower 3.0, all the extra goodies you want, a pair of boxers and the travel bag. This thing is loaded up and you can save some serious money with the promo code real life. Check out our friends at manscaped.com. Get your spring cleaning done. Get ready for playoff time. You want your downstairs area cleaned up when the Oilers are beating the Jets. Absolutely. Anyway. This, this, this player is not the score prop. Might be. The single dumbest thing I've ever done. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing one too, and I'm so having a good time. Here, here's, how stupid, here's how stupid this is. I have six players, Gregorenko, Fast, Levo, Cassian, Hagel, and Pitlick, not to score. Yeah. It is currently, for a $20 wager, paying me $19. I have to have <laughs> six things go correctly That's to, a lot of, yeah. to win a bet that is no way they even score. money. <laughs> well, then we might as well just add a few more players and try to get the juice. Yeah, worth the just squeeze. really get. You got really to go nope. riskier, Chalmers. Got to go riskier picks and bet like three guys. Well, nope. but no, that kind of goes doing. against. Okay, do we think Brett Burns is a minus nine oh nine? What? He's not He's good. Oh, but he plays, away from but here's the thing. I don't touch Burns because he plays a lot of minutes and he plays power yeah, play. Yeah, me neither. I am finding a, bottom six penalty killers. He and is. throwing them he, in the parlay. <laughs> I like how there's like people you just, you can add them like Duncan Keith at minus 3,300, which doesn't even move <laughs> your parlay one lick. So it's just, there's no point in doing it. This is just, I'm going to put one of these in risky businesses. I can't miss parlay. Can I, and I'm going to have you, like 15 people on it. Did you parlay the Oilers win with this whole thing? Yeah, you can even do that. Mix it up. Fuck it. That's half the fun when you're just like. Imagine if you lose because the Oilers lose and all those players don't score. That'll be a nightmare. Uh, I work with someone who's been doing this and who put me onto them. Um, And he went on a very impressive run doing this. It was a lot of fun. So it got me into it. Um, Really? Yeah. Anyways, um, Oilers tonight are uh, favorites on the money line, minus 130. Which is I, interesting because yeah. Montreal's been running the show uh, in the series. Yeah, they've been running the show in the series, but they only have two wins in their last seven. And this is the first game back on home ice for the Oilers since like April 2nd. They haven't played at home in so long. Philip Kurisev, you are in my parlay. <laughs> welcome to the team. <laughs> I've never heard of you before today, but welcome. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up this uh, podcast here with a fun little interview we had. Uh, Gabriel Candido. I, I really hope I'm saying his name right because I've been trying to nail that. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with him the other day, and you might be saying, who is that? Well, if you go on Twitter and you go at, Oi- at EDM Oilers BR, you will see he is the, I, I call him the head of the Oilers in Brazil fan page. I think that'd be 100%. the right way to do it. That is he- accurate. Me and Jay had a chance to catch up with him over the weekend. So we're going to play that interview for you now. The story of how he became an Oilers fan is fascinating. His passion for the team will 
it bleeds through your headphones into your ear holes. It is that loud and prominent. Um, he's a really, really interesting dude. So we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the podcast with our chat with Gabrielle Candido. All right, welcoming into the Real Life Podcast. This is an exciting one. You've probably seen him on Twitter because we've been interacting with him quite a bit. <laughs> if you go to Twitter, it's at EDM Oilers BR. It is Gabriel Canjado. He's joining us now, the biggest Oilers fan, the leader of Oilers fans in Brazil. Gabriel, how's it going, man? All right, thank you, Tyler. Thank you for always interacting with me. You guys give me a huge boost. You have no idea how, how it changed the profile. And everything is all right. Everything, everything is going um, with me. Everything is okay with the others too. Everything is all right too, I we, think. And we need to get more games going a little bit here. Um, yeah, so right. I, ju I, I just knew that the Chemix Alert game was rescheduled. And I, I was already expecting it yeah. because um, the Chemix aren't, aren't fit to play right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I want to get to know how someone, you know, born and raised in Brazil gets into <laughs> hockey a little bit, like take us through, like, how did you become a hockey fan? Well, um, it'll take me some time. There is a TV series that's widely popular in Brazil, like uh, 10 years ago. That's called everybody hates Chris. That's a history about the comedian Chris Rock. Yeah. And in the, in this, and I was a huge fan when I was like 10, 11 years old. And in one episode, uh, his brother Drew, um, uh, his father gave to his brother Drew an uh, oiler shirt. The series passes in the, in the 80s. And it was a Gretzky shirt, but it, it didn't say Gretzky. It, didn't, it, it said Gritsky with an, with an I. And it wasn't, it wasn't number 99, it was number 98. <laughs> and then I, I, I watched that episode. It's cool because um, Chris and his brother skip school. They go to the hotel. They try to meet Gretzky. And those things, I was a kid. I thought it amazing, but that's it. I just knew that it was um, a sport called ice hockey, Gretzky, some guy. I saw the, the, the patch and that's it. Some years later, uh, a friend of mine calls me and say, oh, um, I have a new game here, new game for PS2, PlayStation 2. And they say, do you want to come and play? I think you never played some, something like it. And then he told me that he asked for his father to buy the new NFL game. And his father messes up with the letters and he bought the new NHL game. And then, all right, I went there, we started playing. And when I started to play, I saw uh, a, a really, really fast game. The guy is skating, something like, it's like soccer that we have here, but it's, it's totally different at the same time. And we have a lot of hits permitted, allowed. We have a, fights are allowed. Me as a kid, 12, 13 years old, I was amazed for that game. And when I was choosing the team, the only one that I rec recognized was the Oilers because of the episode of Everybody Hates Chris. And then I played, I, I played a lot. Then I went home and started to search about the rules of the game, about how the game was played. And then I started searching about the Oilers, the only team that I knew. And then I saw the, the history of Wayne Gretzky, that how he played, and I saw Yari Curry, Grant Fuhr. And, and then one thing led to another, 10 years later, I have a profile account. Just to just to talk about the Edmonton Oilers in Brazil. So it really was something you just kind of stumbled into, and in a way, like yeah. kind of like love at first sight. Like once you got your hands on that controller and you yeah. were playing the game, it was just that was it. That was what made you fall in love with it. Yeah, and then I, and then I started following, and it wasn't a great time to be an Oilers fan. To be no. honest, like it was the the beginning of the of the last decade. And then I start to search about, ah, they have just one draft pick. At the time, it was the first one when they drafted Ryan and Jeff Hopkins. And then Neil Yakupov came. And then I started, oh, I will follow this team. This will be the, the team of the future. And it took some time, to be honest. Uh, I remember the first game that I really remember. It was the, the game that Sun Gagner scored eight points. And then I didn't even understand why. What's eight points? He scored eight goals? What is an assist count as a point? And then I started to research. And from now on, I'm here just to following the team from 10 years, I think. Almost 10 years. Wow. <laughs> where, where exactly are you in Brazil? Um, I live in a, in a kind of a small city. It's called União da Vitória. 
it's in the state of Parana, the estado do Paraná. Um, we have uh, 100,000 inhabitants, I think. It's in the south of Brazil, so it's cold in the winter, like in the summer, it's hot as, oh my God, uh, it's really hot. It's not as hot as Rio de Janeiro, those cities, but it's really hot. I have never seen one, one drop of snow in my whole life, to be honest. And so, it's kind of cold, but, but cold like zero degrees, minus two Celsius degrees, just it. So is it fair to say that maybe a trip to Edmonton's in order one day? You can come in the middle of winter, really get the cold, get to watch an Oilers game. Is that something that you no, want to get done with? Absolutely, absolutely. If if I could go, of course. Right now it's a difficult time to. Yeah. If I had like all the money in the world, I couldn't go. But but of course, if if I could go, I want to go like when it's really cold, really winter. <laughs> uh, I saw like a minus forty, minus thirty. Like for me, that's that's insane. That's like another planet for me i've never seen i've never dreamed about seeing something like it and of course <laughs> watching uh, watching another game for sure so well we'll 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 put a we'll we'll, we'll park the the topic of uh getting you to edmonton the 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 follow-up i have is is to find out more about the the twitter account and kind of the community you've built how many other people in brazil are like you and following the account and are, are Oilers fans? Uh, there is one account. There is one guy that I always interact with, even uh, when we, I started the account. Uh, his name is Diego. He's always interacting with me. He always interacts with you guys, too. And, man, he knows a lot about the Oilers. And he lives, like, way... He lives way... He doesn't live near me. It's like 1,000, almost 2,000 kilometers away. But in the... The first one that came to my mind is always him. He helped me in two games that I couldn't cover. I passed the account to him and like he, he updated. But, but 90, 98% of the time is it's just me. And there is a lot of a lot of other other people who interact with me too. And not just in Brazil. Uh, there is one guy in Portugal that's always talking to me. There is uh, some guys in Germany that spoke with oh, you yeah. also. And and a lot, and of course, a lot of Canadians and uh, people who live in the United States. But we have a solid, a solid, a solid base here in here in Brazil of Oilers. It's not, it's not much. Not we're not many, but we we try to make some nice. So the one thing I was surprised by this: the time change is actually only three hours. So for you, like. Yeah. What's your game day ritual? Do you stay up? Like if a game starts at 11 o'clock your time, are you staying up for that game and, and staying up late? Like what, what's a game day like for you? Yeah, usually it's four. That like it was the day, daylight saving. Yeah. I think the, the, the timing. But yeah, I stay at late a lot of times until like 3 a.m. And to see if like, um, <laughs> and if I, if, and I don't know if the others will, will win, will lose. Uh, I try to be like at home. I try to, just prepare myself to nothing really special. There is a lot of games, but I really try to stay home, try to find a good connection to, to watch the games because, um, well, we don't, we don't have a lot of games on TV. Yeah. I have to watch it in the certain ways. That's not so legal, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I try to do the same. I open, I opened uh, one screen. I just opened the Twitter, another one and just, um, discards. Just how just I can see like who scored, uh, who gave, who earned an assist. It's not a special, but I stayed up late a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Love the commitment. Who's your favorite player <laughs> on the current roster? Uh, well, the answer has to be Conor McDavid. There's no way that that I couldn't answer like another thing. But of course, I like a lot of Leon Dreisaitl to give the the actual MVP. Uh, without Leon, we we would not be where we where we are right now. Mm-hmm. But I like a lot of Jesse Pudiyarvi too. He's playing, uh, he's playing good. Um, I like Kyler Yamamoto too. He's like two young ones, and of course Mike Smith is surprising everyone. Oh, yeah. I really didn't didn't believe Mike Smith would play like that. I was like, if you ask me in the beginning of the season, who do you think will be the in goal for Oilers, I would say Mikko Koskinen without a doubt. 
And right now, I think Mike Smith, and then well, we have Alexis Stalak coming as well. Hello. Yes, Stalak will be interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let, let me wrap up with this one. How far can the Oilers go in the playoffs? Do they have what it takes to come out of the North Division? Well, I think um, uh, we'll play the Winnipeg Jets. We don't have yeah. a lot of games, and I really think we'll be Oilers against Jets. And if you ask me, it will be a, a good game, a good series. If I had to bet, I would, I would bet the Oilers in seven games. Oh, boy. And yeah, it will be like a lot of motion. If the others beat the Jets in four games, all right, I will gladly be, <laughs> be wrong. I would not <laughs> complain <laughs> about it. And, uh, and I don't know, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs is kind of being a tough, a tough opponent. But, yeah. but I think we can, we can like, um, we can play with them. We can make um, uh, a series, like uh, equal series. And I really believe that the others could, could, could be the winners of the North Division. If you want, oh, I love if, it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. If you want to follow on uh, Twitter, it's at EDM Oilers BR. Always That's tweeting right. along with the games. He is a great follow, and uh, it's yeah. really cool. The man. energy, the energy, the yeah. energy, the passion. Uh, yeah. You can, you can. It just, it just oozes out of the Twitter account. He <laughs> brings that, so, that, that, that soccer or football commentator <laughs> energy to it. And we love it. And we're so happy that you're part of the community. And Gabrielle, our mission, our mission of as Oilers Nation is we are going to find a way to get you to come to Edmonton the minute oh, we're right. allowed to travel. So no, if there's when, other... when the pan... what's that? No, uh, I just want to say that when the pandemic is over, when I got a shot of vaccine like that, the, the first come, the first travel, the first thing that I would do on vacation and uh, my free time is is to try to be at, at the mountain for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to find a way to help you. And if there's other, <laughs> uh, if there's other people in Brazil, like you yeah. that are Oilers fans, you are talking to them. So if there is any way that we can help out and uh, support and get a group from Brazil, come to Edmonton to watch people hockey know. and enjoy some snow, we are here to oh, help. Perfect. And l- we look forward to hosting you. All right, I'll, I'll be glad. I'll be waiting for this moment. Like, I'm waiting, I don't know, from 10 years, but, but now I'm, every second that passes is we are uh, near to this, to this moment, I think. Yeah. I expect. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 10% for me. But <laughs> what is it? Um, when I started the profile, it was just like um, here where, where I live, it's not a a big city like i don't know anything that follows hockey in general imagine yeah. trying to find anyone who follow the others so i tried to account i found some a lot of a lot of not but some fans in brazil i tried to to make the profile in a brazilian way in a different way than we than we have the other the other profiles i tried to like when they score a goal do something really near that we have about soccer like a lot of excitement a lot of passion but i just try to to make something make something uh, in a brazilian way really appreciate your time we look forward to following you along as the oilers head into the playoffs right. thanks for doing this thank you thank you for the opportunity and see you again and let's go oilers uh, it's a great way to end it have a good night you too you too guys great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.